Oh god, so how have you been this week then, mate? Oh, not bad, not bad. Just like loving the fact that we've got to move soon and starting packing <laughs> up and stuff. That's gonna be rough. Well, like, what is moving going to be like during a pandemic? Uh, I guess it's gonna be the same as it has been forever because apparently no one's taking it seriously. No, they're really not. They're really like, not. we're in tier three right now, and I thought, oh man, that's pretty serious. Mm-hmm. Like, tier three lockdown sounds really bad because it's like the highest tier of lockdown. Yeah. And then I got an email from my barbers just saying we're still open. I went, oh. <laughs> yeah, and like schools <laughs> are all still going in. It's like, can I go home and see my mum? Oh, no, 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 no. Can I get a haircut in a um, place full of strange where they put knives next to my head? Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, that's, like, that goes out asking. It's like, thank you. I'll do this then. It's like, can I still go to the pub with my mate? Well, yeah. But well, you've all you got to make meal. sure you have a meal. So which means that Weatherspoon stays open, but like small local pubs are fucked. Great. Mm-hmm. I, I just found that really funny. And like just the fact as well that the day after... Sheffield went into tier three. I saw tier four trending on Twitter. I'm like, the fuck is this? It's like, government might be introducing tier four. It's like, why? Just when are we going to get to like tier 18? Shit like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so when Charlie told us, oh yeah, like Scotland's got five tiers already. So what do they know that we don't? It's like, fucking hell. Yeah, it's like, is tier five the equivalent of our tier three or have they just got two entire tiers of like better lockdown than we do? I don't know. It makes no sense. But welcome to episode 54 of what is theoretically a comedy podcast. <laughs> well, that all fell apart, God. Yeah, we've not been funny for a while, have we? But I guess there's like not been a lot to laugh about for there a while. So let's try and correct that right now, my friend. It's like, what's something that's happened to you this week that's made you smile? Uh, <laughs> the fact it's you have it's to a think rough one, it. isn't it? Yeah, uh, the fact you have fair. to think about it says a lot. Um, one thing that did make me smile was I finally beat the boss on Hades. Oh, okay. So you've been playing that game for a while. You've been like, you know, taking just a run at that for a long time now. I have. How is Hades? Uh, it's fucking phenomenal. Go and play it. Would you say it's the like contender for game of the year for you Uh, at least? Anyway, it is currently my game of the year. Yeah. Yeah. We've we've just had like a discussion about this, like recording like spoilers, I suppose, like wiki weekends about like best video games of all time. Yeah, I look forward to Uh, seeing that in like three months. We could be so far ahead in all the content. We've got nothing better to do other than make content in lockdown. It's great. Yeah, it's not great. It's awful because I want a fucking holiday. I know. But um, like we had like the discussion that we can like you know we can use that as a jumping off point for this discussion of just when it comes to just talks about like best video game of all time, it feels like the criteria for best has just dropped significantly in recent years. Yeah, yeah. Because um, like I guess spoilers for that video that's coming out for a while. When you look at like early examples of like game contenders for this title of the greatest video game of all time, it was like one or two per year. You had like a couple, and some of them you look at them and you go, "Well, yeah, that makes sense." It's things like Pong and Tetris. And, and I think like it's fair Super to say Mario. as well, like there are a lot more games coming out now. To be fair, though, there was a lot of shit games coming out in the eighties. That's why we had the video game crash because so many shit games were coming out. They were just shoveling any old crap out. How's that any different from today? Well, I would like to see how many games got made, like, back in, like, 1983 or whatever it was. That's fair, to yeah. the amount of fucking shit that gets put on Steam every day. That's fair, yeah. Not to mention a lot more high-profile games now, because the profile of just the medium as a whole has been raised. But yeah, just looking at some of, like, the contenders for, like, greatest video game of all time, and you look and it's been, like, three, four years since some of them came out. It's like, no one talks about this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> 
Like one of them, like a couple that makes sense just because they're still relevant. Like, like Overwatch. Let's bring the list back up to be fair. Yeah. yeah. So we, we can just continue the discussion we were just having in a bit more detail, I suppose. So. Well, that's the thing is, um, with obviously like, a wiki weekends with a fact thing video, we've got to keep it short and sweet. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a podcast opens up to a bit of a. a we do, yes. Discussion. So I'm gonna. So right now, I'm on the uh, the list of video games considered the best on Wikipedia, and this is just. Their criteria is these games have to have appeared on multiple best games of all time lists by um, notable and um, video game publications or critics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like there's a general consensus that these games are quite good. We're going to go straight down to like the 2010s because these are the games that I think are most recent and are the ones where like their spot on such a list is the most suspect because they've not had time to people have not given, been given time to breathe and like then come back to the game. Uh, so, like for the example you used is uh, Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. Um, which, so, just like uh, reiterate your point on that about like it's your favorite game, but you're not sure if it's like one of the best games. Yeah, because I I'm not even sure. I always say potentially my favorite game of all time because I even know in my head like look uh, beforehand I could happily say like oh I'm a big Legend of Zelda fan and Ocarina of Time or maybe Wind Waker were my favorite games of all time and. I don't want to put Breath of the Wild in that mix because I know I haven't had enough time to like reflect on that game yet. Yeah, and the example I like to use is I contend the best game of all time, uh, or the best example of what the medium can achieve, is Tetris. Yeah, because I know Tetris, you asked me in that video and that was the exact answer I had as well. Because it is simplicity, it's like simplicity defined. Like You can mm. give an 8-year-old and an 8-year-old um, a copy of Tetris and they'll be able to play it in 30 seconds. Give them a f- like uh, five minutes and they'll be getting lines. Might maybe even Tetris, but like the skill ceiling is so high. And I think um, if you're looking at the medium as a whole, and you want to speak objectively, and you're like, what game of all of them would you put forward to say this represents what gaming is mm-hmm. the best? It would be Tetris because um, a game is supposed to be fun, simple, um, enjoyable, and like Tetris accomplishes all those things, and it has universal appeal, which I don't think many games do. And, and it's still difficult like- to master as well. Impossible to master. The, the skill ceiling um, is infinite. And you, is if infinite anyone hasn't like watched um, videos of the Tetris World Championships, like do yourself a favor and go watch two minutes of it. Uh, they are incredible. Like people play Invisible Tetris where the blocks fall instantly, and you have like <laughs> less than a quarter of a second to react. It is incredible. And the fact is, well, like Tetris came out like nearly fifty years ago. Yeah, it's insane. Like. I've got it here in front of me now. Tetris. Uh, 1984. So what? 36 years. That's a, that's a long-ass time for a game to still stand up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's, it's nearly 40 years. Isn't it? I, keep getting, I think 50 years, because I think 70 years. I think Pong. Pong's 50 years. Tetris is 40 years. Mm. That's my bad. I'm sure we've been corrected on that in the video already <laughs> as it goes out. But you think about like, so like Pong as well. And Space Invaders, like like 40, 50 years' time, they're still not relevant, but people know of them. They're cultural relevant, like they're cultural, like the the mind share they occupy. Like people know about it. Like people will, and people will still talk about Tetris in another 40 years. I'm Can't pretty they- sure they will do, yeah. And there's still, you know, video game documentaries coming out on Netflix about the era of games that were like Pac-Man and Donkey Kong and Space Invaders and Tetris, like people still really give a shit about those games. 
Yeah, and they they've stood the test of time, which is one of the, like the criteria. It's like it's like the unstated criteria of what mm-hmm. makes something the best. And to clarify, it, it like the the list that we pulled from on Wikipedia was just it. This game has appeared on six or more big publications lists of like the greatest games ever. Yeah, so it's not like um, definitive, but it's like it's a, this is a general consensus that this game is very very good. And like I can like then you compare that with. For example, The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt from 2015. Mm-hmm. Right, so that's a five-year-old game at this point. Still pretty popular. It's enjoying a resurgence thanks to like, The Witcher TV show. Yeah, yeah. Do you think people will still be talking about The Witcher 3 in 40 years' time? I mean, I don't know. And that's the question, no. isn't it? Because it's, it's one of those of hindsight is twenty twenty. It's easy for us to say, well, of course people still talk about pac-man but i would say that it would be at best just a, a small mention yeah it might be like but the fact as well it's like the witcher 3 says it all like there's other games on these lists as well it's like oh batman arkham city which is like a sequel to a game and arkham asylum is on there as well and it's yeah like, so yeah it gets to that point where with certain video game series of like Okay, but which one out of these games that came out every year are you going to pick? And it's like, you can't have your cake and eat it. You can't just go like, oh, well, every Batman game is one of the best games ever. Yeah, and it's like, well, these a lot of these lists have been... I'm presuming like Arkham, Asyl- Arkham City and Arkham, well, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City. Not Arkham Knight, oddly enough. But like, I'm guessing that appeared on a list like three mm. or four years after it came out. Yeah, and people were like... People are so fast to call a game like the greatest game of all time. Like yeah, people always... were doing it with like Breath of the Wild and God of War the year they came out. Like one of the greatest video games of all time. I could say like of this generation, of this of this year is probably the better way to put it. Like it's the best game of this year because it's only been compared to like the other things that came out that year, and it doesn't have to have like the additional like unspoken criteria we spoke of of like being um, culturally relevant or at the very least like still accessible or talked about decades mm-hmm. later yeah because i'm not sure if god of war will it's a fine game but i'm not sure if in 40 years time people are still going to talk about the soft reboot to the god of war series yeah and i think potentially you've got like a few groundbreaking games among the list that might make it something like breath of the wild that took a like 30 year old franchise and completely renewed it yeah, and there's a couple on here that I think, uh, even though they're from, we'll stick to the 2000s, I think, even if they're not, they, they do deserve at the very least a mention, or they, evolve, they deserve to be involved in this discussion. Mm. Like maybe they're never going to like be in the top three. No, no, no. But like, they should be in like a list in some capacity, and those are games such as, like, um, where is it now? I'm just getting the list here. Find, uh, there's one that I specifically, like, Halo Combat Evolved. Because of how it changed the first-person shooter genre as well, a whole. Well, funnily enough, I was thinking of a game from that same year of Grand Theft Auto 3. Still yeah, people like, talk about that because it basically invented like the modern-day 3D sandbox game. It did, yes. Like, other games had done it before, but Grand Theft Auto um, like, perfected that formula mm-hmm. and is what brought it to mainstream attention. So even though like the game maybe not doesn't hold up, it deserves mention in discussions of best video game of all time, just because of what it did, just yeah. because of its legacy, and it's like what, um, which can still be felt to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I don't think the same can be said of something like, uh, let's, let's just pick out a random example here. 
Um, Burnout 3 Takedown, which I contend is a very good game. Is it one of the best video games of all time? It's one of the best arcade racing games of all time. Yeah, maybe it could put, earn a place on that list, but of all time. Yeah, exactly. It's like, not, and it's the does third that, one. Does it specifically hold up to other revolutionary games anymore? It's like, probably not. And for context, in that same year, World of Warcraft came out. <laughs> like, which is like, it was earth-shattering in its importance and impact on... I think just... it's fair enough to say like World of Warcraft's going to be in that list. Yeah, on it's just its impact on culture as a whole, not on game, on culture. Yeah. Like, World of Warcraft will continue to be relevant even if World of Warcraft itself dies because it was just a cultural touch. It's like Dungeons & Dragons. Well, Dungeons it, & Dragons... It's similar to, like, yeah, it's almost the gaming equivalent of D&D at this point, isn't it? Where it is just one of those things that everybody knows. Like, mm. even people who don't play games know what World of Warcraft is. Yeah. Because it's that big. And it's still going. It's still, of course it's still going. It's got a new fucking expansion coming out soon. Which is World of Warcraft, mate. Fuck you. Exactly. And Burnout 3 Takedown cannot be put on that same, like, pinnacle level, what, 15 years later... Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, just one of those weird things of like, just the later you go, the more leeway people seem to give to games that are good. But like, can they really be considered the best? And it's like, um, something similar we can do is Oscar winning films list. I'm going to go for a list. We're going to do the same thing with Oscar winners. I think this is probably where you get the best one Mm. of like, when you look at list of like Oscar winning films and go, what? Are we talking about, like, Oscar-winning films as in, like, just Best Picture? picture? Yeah. Best Picture, yeah. Because obviously people make the joke of, like, oh, well, Suicide Squad's an Academy Award-winning movie. It's like, yeah, but for makeup. makeup. So what I have now in front of me is a list of um, uh, Best Picture um, Award winners uh, from each individual year. And uh, you just look at some of them, and and we can use that the same criteria here, like... Like, do they deserve it? Because like, are they still like relevant now? Mm-hmm. And it's obviously it shows you as well all the films it was up against. So we'll skip like, um, like just go to try and find like there we go. Uh, uh, uh. So what like uh, decade you want to start in? Uh, I mean we're nineties kids, so let's start with the nineties. Okay, we start with there's, like, there's a couple like of really really old ones, but like, that's the thing about like, I'm not um, too familiar with like nineteen thirties films. Yeah, I'm not uh, exactly like a film buff, especially not like, a classical film buff. I'm not the type of person that really goes back and watches older movies. Well, so what we can do, let's go to 1980s. Because I think, though, even though we're kids of the ni- uh, 90s, That's true, we've yeah. seen a lot of 80s movies. Yeah, and we'll yeah. start like uh, 1980s right now. So the year 1980, the winner that year, and like we're probably going to like, we're exposing our balls on this one of like, we're not that big, we're not big film buffs. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you the winner, and like, um, then you just tell me like if you've heard of it or what your thoughts about it. And the winner in 1980 was Ordinary People. Uh, nope. <laughs> yep, never heard of it. I, I, I might have done. It might be one of the things I've seen in passing, but I have um, no knowledge of this film, and therefore not to say. But that year it was up against Raging Bull. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, which is the Martin Scorsese... Um, oh, God, what's the actor's name? Robert De Niro. Is this already, movie. like, the start of Martin Scorsese getting fucked over? It might have been, yeah. And I've, I'm just going to click on it now to figure out because it was a biopic, or biopic, if you will, of one guy's life. Oh, yeah, Jake LaMotta. Okay. He's a boxer. And for that film, uh, Robert De Niro actually learned to box to an almost professional level. 
to the point where people see him fight like he could compete professionally. <laughs> he'd, he'd probably do all right. He'd probably do all right. And he's just like, oh, man. He's also gets like the elephant man. Oh, fucking hell. And that's like a film I, I remember watching because we watched it in school because we mm-hmm. read the book. Yeah. And then uh, 1981 got Chariots of Fire, which I only know for the theme song. <laughs> yeah, same. So its, it's lasting impact on culture is um, memes. Basically. And that was a... And that was against and B out Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ooh. And of those two films, Lucas, which one do you think um, has remained relevant today? I mean, other other than yeah, the Chariots of Fire song, I've definitely got to go with it. Raiders of the fucking Lost. They're making Indiana another Jones. one. Like Harrison Ford's making a fucking another one next really? year. Yeah, yeah, he's making. He loves Harry. He loves um, being um, uh, um, Indiana Jones. More than he loves being Han Solo. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah. And then the year after that, we got the winner was Gandhi. Okay, yeah. The Gandhi film, and that was up against, um, amongst others, E.T. the Extraterrestrial, and it beat it out. Uh, I mean, I can't say much for the actual film itself, but I've heard a lot of people reference that movie. Not yeah, E.T., I, I, Gandhi, I mean. Okay, yeah, a lot of people talk about it, so maybe it's a good point. You just see if, like, like, some of the ones that get snubbed, and it's like, if you fast forward, like, to the 2000s, we could do this all day. Yeah, we could. And then you had, like, is it, when did Black Panther come out? Uh, 2016, was it? Something like that, yeah. But I remember that was the year where, uh, this is really fucking great, um, the Academy were like... 2018. Okay, 2018. That's the year the Academy were genuinely considering, should we introduce a new category for just popular film Mm -hmm. and everyone was like it's really suspicious that you're thinking about introducing this the moment that the film that's getting the most buzz to win best picture is one that's entirely black led and about superheroes yeah the moment the academy thinks no way you know you can't have just popular films winning (laughs) it's like oh that's such a bad look it really is and it's one of those things of like yeah the term Oscar bait probably exists for a reason. Oh, it does, yeah. It absolutely 100% exists for a reason. Because like, there's so many just films that you look at and go, like, no one talks about even a couple of years after they come out. Mm-hmm. Like, we can go to, like, the 2010s. Yeah, sure. And, like, yeah. talk about some of the films that have won it. And, like, starting in 2010, The King's Speech. Yeah. Like, um, a fine film by all accounts. Do you hear anybody talk about The King's Speech? No. Ever. No. Uh, the one after that, The Artist. Nope. Again, a fine film. Do you hear anybody talking about artist? No, not at all. No. Uh, the year after, Argo. I mean, I do, but more I hear people talk about Argo because I hear talk, people talk about Ben Stiller being Batman and people going like, yeah, but he did make Argo that was a good film. No, sorry, no, Ben Affleck. Is... Ben Affleck, sorry. I was thinking, like, yeah. is Ben Stiller in that movie? The, got the wrong Ben. <laughs> I want to see ho- Ben still a Batman now. You got the wrong Hollywood Ben. It happens, mate. It happens. Uh, yeah, but you look Affleck. at that. I, the, and as, as for comparison's sake, that was up against that year, Django Unchained and Les Mis. Yeah. Uh, the year after that, 12 Years a Slave. That's a good movie. That's an important movie. Mm. It just says a lot, though, like the, um, uh, the first person listed as one of the producers, like Brad Pitt. Oh. Okay. White guy. But that was up against uh, Wolf of Wall Street that year. And it's one of those of like, I very much enjoyed Wolf of Wall Street, but then you go back and watch it and it's like, should this have been considered one of the greatest films? 
Here's the one that I like in 2015. Um, it was one by Spotlight. Do you remember the film Spotlight? I do not. Um, Joey was up against that year. Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh. Do you, do, you, do you remember Mad Max Fury Road? Yeah, I do. Do, do, do you still talk about Mad Max Fury Road because it was fucking sick awesome? Mm-hmm. Would you rather watch Mad Max Fury Road right now than Spotlight? God, yeah. Fucking too right. And then you got like, just Shape of Water one year. It's not even the best Guillermo del Toro film. Oh, yeah. That's the one where, like, the fish man played a fish man. Yeah. And he has sex. He has sex with the lady. And then you got like, 2018. Isn't he the guy that plays Abe as well in Hellboy? It's like, oh, so uh, he just yeah. likes to play fish men. Plays to play weird fish men with Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> now, the year after that, 2018, like you said, uh, Black Panther was up and it lost to Green Book. Which Uh-oh. is the film like that everyone was taking the piss out of because it's oh yeah based on a real thing that actually happened and existed, which was there was this book for black people of called the Green Book of these are places you can drive uh... without getting pulled over and fucking harassed because you're black. Mm-hmm. But um, it's not a film that's about a black guy. It's Viggo Mortensen. What? It's one of those films. No. It's, no, it's, it's Viggo Mortensen and Maharasha Maharala. I, I, I really I butcher his name. Mahershala you can pronounce Ali. it better. Mahershala Ali, that guy. Yeah. But even on the fucking poster, Viggo Mortensen has got more fucking like prominence on it. Oh, no. It's like, oh god damn it! So it's one of those fucking films. Where it's like, uh, was he like, oh, what's that one that um, Sandra Bullock was in? Sandra Bullock, The Blind Side. Oh, I don't. Where know. it's about that um, black football player, but the film was advertised and put with like, oh, but Sandra Bullock though. We know there's this really interesting story about this cool black dude, but we're going to put the focus on this white lady and how it impacted her. Oh, God damn it. It's, it's, oh, God, it's great. And then we've got um, Parasite 2019, which I fucking, is great. I've not seen that movie yet. I need to watch it, but it's one of those films that I don't want to, I missed it in the cinema because it was all the buzz was kicking off. Like after the flat, and then lockdown happened, mm-hmm. and it's one of those films I want to go see it in the cinema. Yeah, so I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait to go see it because um, one of the things I like about this film, again, I'm really bad. I'm sorry about the pronunciation. Like, um, Boom Bong Joon Ho, mm-hmm. like that guy. Um, he specifically got all of the sets made so they were IMAX size. Oh, really? Yeah, something that he did behind the scenes that like, no one really like knew about but he did because he wanted the film to look great like the building that they filmed in was purpose built and it was purpose built to the specification of an IMAX screen to maximize the amount of detail you see on IMAX and every single thing in every single scene was purpose placed and it's one of those things where like the guy behind there's an entire like book written by the director about the meaning of every scene and every object in every scene and the placement of it so I, it's one of those I really want to go and watch it on a massive screen. Hopefully IMAX. It's weird, like ever, when you miss ever get an opportunity, like that, isn't it? But yeah, ho- hopefully, so I can just like you know appreciate and see it like the vision that the director had, rather than watching it on like Amazon Prime mm. on my TV in the front room, which is probably going to be fine. But I, it's it doesn't feel true to the artist's original vision. Yeah, exactly. And I actually like weirdly. Um, to like use that as a bit of a jumping off point, I found a Twitter thread about like aspect ratios and stuff in film, mm-hmm. and about um, certain filmmakers that either use techniques to film for multiple different aspect ratios at the same time, or certain like filmmakers that went back 
and reshot for like you know four by three mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, I think Terminator Two was one of those of like it was specifically framed for both widescreen and for four three, so that when it was cropped it down on. for TV, it wasn't a ruined experience. Oh God, and that's something that someone like James Cameron would do mm-hmm. because he's fucking James Cameron. Yeah, that's incredible. I didn't know that, but I, I hearing it, I can, I can believe it because it's James Cameron, and he is like that insane way he would do that. And I love the attention to detail of like, look, yeah, we're gonna put all of this extra thing in the sidelines, but if you are gonna sit at home and watch it on like a VHS tape, you're not going to miss anything important. I'm gonna make sure that is all framed correctly for you as well. Well, that's when you get the the famous one is Ghostbusters, mm. where if you watch that on VHS in four three and some like TV um, uh, airings of it, um, Winston the black guy is literally cut off in some shots. Oh no! Do you know, like the the climactic shot where they're confronting the ghost and they're stood there in costume with the proton packs? Yeah. Um, Winston's cut off because he was stood off to the side, oh, so you only see the three Ghostbusters. No. It's like oh no. Oh, that's so bad. That's like one of the iconic shots. Yeah, and like he's not on it. Oh man. Yeah. That's so bad. It is, and like it got cut for four three. And there's loads of examples like that I fucking adore. Mm. Um, one of my favourites though is um, uh, the recent trend. Not recent, but it's like been last couple of years. It's been a big trend of going back and taking old TV shows and just remastering them, yeah. putting them in widescreen, yeah. and then. Almost nobody has done it right. Because remember, like the, the whole kerfuffle with The Simpsons? Mm-hmm. Where they're like, oh, yeah, all the episodes of The Simpsons are in widescreen. So, oh, so have you remastered them? No, we just cropped them. <laughs> even though it like ruins some jokes. Because like, there are visual gags in The Simpsons that are literally cut off. There's that famous Duff one, isn't there? Yeah, where it shows like all the different flavors of Duff and they're all coming from the same pipe. Yep. So- and that joke is like, and there's plenty of other... Plus, well, it's, just, it's not the original intended way to view that show. I'd rather have the bars on the side of the screen and watch it as it was intended, then have this faux widescreen shit going on. It's similar to when you played a Game Boy game on the Game Boy Advance and you could stretch it out. Why would you ever do that? And it's like, oh no, oh, it's all like widescreen and like Mario's face is being stretched really wide. It's like, don't do it. And um, one of the things I like about stuff like that though is, I saw this amazing, amazing take and I was like, this person has to be faking it. They, they have to be a troll and it wasn't. And it was someone like, I fucking hate these dumb bars when I watch a film on the top and bottom of my screen. I paid for a TV that's widescreen. Why can't I use all of my TV? And it's just like, (laughs) everyone's like, are you a fucking idiot? Those bars are there to maintain the aspect ratio. You are like, if you, if the screen looked the way you wanted it to, you would actually be seeing less of the film. Yeah. And he couldn't understand. It's like, no, but I don't want the bars. I want my screen to be filled. It's like, but it'll look worse. Yeah, because you'll just, like, miss the top and bottom of your fucking screen. And you couldn't understand it. Uh, they did that. So uh, I want... well, like, one thing that I'm very aware of is that they did it... I think it was in certain dubs of Dragon Ball. Um, or certain variations of it and certain releases of just... Similar to The Simpsons of, we've made it widescreen. It's how we cut off the top and bottom. Yeah. It's, and it's like, oh, for fuck's no, sake. Just it just, just faces it. missing at times and stuff. Oh, just whenever you see Vegeta constantly looks like he's going bald because yeah. you can't see his head to see his widow's peak yeah oh man well the one that cracks me up though is Buffy the Vampire Slayer and this is a famous I'm going to try and find the screenshot here uh, because that one there's one of the shows that was very uh, like 
convert to HD for um, like widescreen and DVDs and things like that. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. HD remaster. Uh, so I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I just need to find the picture. Because I'm not aware one. of what you're referring to here. I obviously know okay. Buffy, but this you know, specific you know Buffy, remaster, right? um, I'm not. It's like, what's Buffy about? Well, Buffy's a vampire slayer. Yeah, she is right. So um, I'm going to get. I've got a picture right here. I have it. I have the picture. I have the picture right now. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. And I just want you to. Uh, this is one of the things. This is this is a genuine shot from um, uh, the HD like remaster re-release thing that they did of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And just describe what you see. Um, I mean, I see like two different images, and it's one of like Buffy lying in bed with mm-hmm. like a man on the floor, and it's like yep. clearly night time. Yep. Uh, and it looks like they're going to sleep, and then the other one, I can't... The remastered shot, the better remastered version of this shot. Yeah, it's similar, but like the tops and bottoms are, are cropped off, and it's bright mm-hmm. daylight. Yeah, and that's because one of the things they did when they were like going through the, like, the show and remastering it is, like, because they did have the original footage, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. They had all the original footage, so they could put it in widescreen. Oh, okay. So yeah. they didn't have to. So they didn't have to do the thing of um, uh, cropping the tops and bottoms. Mm. So they actually did manage to just get the aspect ratio right for TVs. But they went, oh, this sh- all, a lot of these shots are really dark. So let's clean those up. Oh, Not no. realizing that all the shots that are in the dark are of vampires. Like in that scene, Buffy is lying there with a vampire, and literally the the daylight is coming through the blinds onto his face. Yeah. It's like they've made it so it looks like it's the middle of the day. So you're watching that episode and it's like, oh, I'm a vampire. I can't stand in the light as they're in broad fucking daylight. Yeah, because they basically made it from, like, oh, a dark scene where like the moonlight's coming in. It's yeah, now just that's... the middle of the fucking day and the vampire should be dead. Yeah. And the best bit is as well, because it was never intended to be aired in HD. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, in widescreen, you get stuff like this, Lucas. And here's like another shot from the uh, the HD remaster. Just tell me what you see. Oh, oh no. Okay, so uh, it's just a shot of like Giles in the library. Um, and I'm not sure which character, like the... Willow, I think. I think it's Willow because it's like um, the ginger hair. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh yeah, Charles just in the library walking around, and then the wide screenshot. There's just a shot of like a crew member on the left hand side <laughs> of the screen. Because obviously he was never meant to be in the shot because we're filming it in four three, so you can stand there for the lighting purposes. Mm-hmm. But when they just went, oh, we've got all the footage in widescreen. Fuck it, put it in widescreen. You can just see crew members in the shot. <laughs> so it just looks like there's random people in shots. It's great. It's like this guy uh, that doesn't exist in the library is just clearly standing on screen. Like, there's another, well, the greatest one, though, is there's a character where, like, one of the shots is Buffy looking around for a character who's talking to her. Because mm. his voice is off camera. Is he just stood um, on the side of the screen? Yeah. Because <laughs> when they were doing the shot, he walks off camera, and then they, she's like, where did he go? Because he's a vampire, he can disappear. But in the widescreen, he's still stood there. <laughs> and he's like, did anybody check? Did they all give this, like, a Passover before they put it out? Just give it a once over. Oh no! It's like that cracks me the fuck up. Though just the idea of though, where did he go? And he's like, he's fucking just stood right there. 
<laughs> he's right there. Okay, it's incredible. It's almost impressive. And that thing is when they were filming, like that's a perfectly fine thing to do because he's off camera. Yeah, and we know, he's not going to be seen. Exactly. Because when we like put it into the aspect ratio for TV, it's fine. And they never anticipated that widescreen will become like you know widely um, available mm-hmm. um, to people. Like, so why would we ever anticipate it? <laughs> and the only show I'm aware of that actually did do that, and it's probably like one of the most amazing things ever in regards to like you know just having foresight is South Park. And South Park, um, with the exception of the very first episode, mm. um, is filmed, uh, is made entirely digitally. Yes. Um, the construction paper look of it is uh, artificial, with the exception of the first episode, which was filmed in the traditional, or the way that the show appears to be made, which is construction paper um, with stop motion. Yeah, yeah. Everything after that first episode was made digitally, and what they did is they scanned in all the construction paper. Mm-hmm. And then use that, and then they manipulate it digitally, and just like you know, get a suit off. And they even there's a talk like when they talk about it behind the scenes, it's like um, our animators hate us because they make animate everything really smoothly, and then we come in and say make it look worse <laughs> because they want it to look like it's jumpy. They want the look of stop motion, like jump, like when characters walk, they could realistically make them walk very smoothly, but no, we want it to look like you're moving construction paper in stop motion, so make them just hop side to side. Yeah, and so they stop do motion like has that. a very specific feel so i would not like it if those um like construction paper cutouts or what are meant to be um paper cutouts moved smoothly it wouldn't look right yeah and this the facts that matt and trey like to talk about uh, matt stone and trey parker the guys who make south park mm-hmm. is um we have animation software the same animation software they use to make the snow in frozen it is the best animation software in the world Okay. Uh, it is the top of the line. It costs a fucking fortune. You can use it to do incredible things. Mm-hmm. Um, we use it to make South Park. <laughs> and they describe it as using a um, dump truck to make a sandcastle. <laughs> for how ridiculous it is. But because everything is made digitally and they had the foresight to save everything, mm. every single um, episode of the show after the first episode, which I think they just remade from scratch for when they put it in HD... Um, could be converted to widescreen and HD effortlessly because they had the original source uh, oh, wow. footage and material. That's cool. So all it was, it just a matter of just running it through and rendering it again in a different um, uh, format. Mm-hmm. So they could, uh, they were able to when they had the like the money and the time, and like and widescreen technology was adopted um, widely. They just in the space of a couple of weeks just had every single episode of South Park ready to go. Man, that's crazy. And they didn't have to do any of the stuff that like other shows have had to do, like uh, this, like cutting off parts of the screen, or like Buffy have cameramen just there. <laughs> but that one just isn't that the best. It's just the fucking cameraman, all the characters like yeah. disappearing off screen. Like Buffy's like, where did he go? And he stood right there. Oh man, I want to go and like track that down after this podcast. It's really difficult to get hold of oh, because they um, they removed it from sale because they realised how bad it looks. And I hate when fucking TV shows do that, don't you? Yeah, I hate it when it's like, look. Yeah, we fucked up. Let's wipe it from history. What are some of the other ones where there's like games that come out that are really bad and then they immediately delist them from sale but then people still manage to track them down? Um, well, I mean, obviously one that uh, is very famous is like PT, which isn't even a game. It's a demo. It's a demo. It's literally stood for playable teaser. And it was like they tried to wipe that shit from existence. Yep. And, and I've got like, PS4s. We- like, go for quite a hefty price if you still got PT on there. Because 
You Is can't it? even play the game. I think like there was a PS4 uh, software update that, that made the game unplayable. Yeah, that removed it from people's PlayStation. So there's like people like, had to uninstall the update to play that game. Yeah, so people. That's were, how like, thoroughly that people that have it on the PlayStation 4s literally disconnected it from the internet and have never connected it back again to update it. And that's just incredible. And did you hear about the uh, the Amazon game? The I think I mentioned it to you. It got released and then unreleased. No. Uh, it so there's a game that uh, the first game that Amazon have made in their like okay you know developed by an Amazon game studio. It was okay. like a PvP game called Crucible, and it released very unsuccessfully. <clears throat> and then they were like, "Look, we've got a lot of feedback." We're gonna unrelease All of it the game. Negative. Like, I can't. Like, that can't be allowed. Uh, so, that, I, not only Carl did they unrelease the game, they've now cancelled the game. You can't do. That's not allowed. They've cancelled no. a game that they released. How is that even possible? <laughs> you can't just say we're unreleasing the game. Apparently that's not they like. Can. What would you like, imagine that in any other medium? Yeah. Like, you can cancel something, or you can, like, you know, discontinue it, or recall it. Mm-hmm. You can't just say, we're taking it back. It was a f- We never meant it. It was like, we're, no, we never said it was proper. Like, what did you do that with the film? Like, that's like Cats. Remember when Cats got an update? Yeah. Cats, like, the, the people don't know, this is, a, this is true. Um, Cats, the film, had CGI that was unfinished when the film was released. And they, and they released it. A, they really, a day one patch that fixed the special effects. Which led to people scrambling to go to cinemas that didn't have that update so they could see how bad it was. <laughs> As the company, like the studio, were trying desperately to like get the bad version out of cinemas to replace it with the slightly improved version. Yeah. It's like, no, but I want to see the bad version. <laughs> I want to see the version you as a company thought was acceptable to put out and charge people money to go see. Well, um, weirdly enough, I don't know if you've heard the, the news that came out yesterday about um, <laughs> Cyberpunk. Oh, yeah, it's been delayed. So it's again. been delayed again, but the game has already gone gulp. So that so means the game has been sent off to certification. Uh, discs of that code are being printed, and the game has been delayed for, like, three more weeks for a day one patch that fixes a lot of the problems. But that means, technically, if you buy the disc... And don't get the day one patch. You're buying essentially what they're calling is like a broken product that they were happy to sell you. I love stuff like that, like day one patches. Um, there's a I forget the name of the game. Now, but it's a game that's entirely multiplayer only, and they still sell it as a disc, even though the disc doesn't work <laughs> because it's entirely multiplayer or online. And then you're like Tony Hawk's Five, where on the disc, I think the only thing included on the disc is the first level, and then you get like a 20 gig day one patch oh that's no longer God. available. That contains the rest of the game. Ooh. Which is great. Yeah, and I was um I was listening to is it on that podcast that I was listening to, like Jen's one, and someone mm-hmm. I was talking about how um he reviewed Army of Two for <laughs> Xbox uh, Xbox magazine. That's how you know it's good when it's Army of Two. That game fucking died. But what was weird is they sent him a review copy, he reviewed the game. It got published in the magazine, but in between it being printed and the magazine going on sale, 
EA delayed the game by six months. <laughs> so the review came out of like, yeah, six out of ten. Not a great game. This game isn't actually coming out for six months and a completely different version is going to be reviewed later. That's amazing. It's like, what? Like, video games is like the only media where you can really get away with that, except for like fringe examples like Cats. Mm, yeah. We're like, no, fuck it. Day one patch for a film. <laughs> Which was incredible, and I'm like so glad they did it. I'm like, I mean, it's it's almost heroic. It's almost heroic to like, just have the balls. I I, I just wet myself when I heard that. I was just like, yeah, cats is getting patched in cinemas to update the CGI. It's like, what are you chatting? One of my favorite things about like the CGI that's in it is that um, I think it's like Maggie Smith or something's in it. Oh, and I'll, I'll change uh, Judy Dench. Judy Dench is in it. Yeah. Judy Dench is in it, and um, just in some scenes, you can just see the costume that she's wearing. Because <laughs> they didn't bother CGI. And then, like, I think there's another scene, like, people's feet go through the floor. Oh, no. Because they never bothered to, like, fucking connect them. So it's, like, it's incredible. I'm, I'm so amazed. I'm so happy that you did this. And then it was one of those that they made that um, VFX studio, like, crunch their ass off to fix yeah. that film. And then as soon as the film came out and started getting money... They just dropped the VFX studio and like fired everyone. Yeah, and they went bankrupt and died. Same thing happened with Life of Pi. Uh, that film, oh, really? we just like talked about like Oscar-winning films. Like Life of Pi won an Oscar, um, and I think it won one for its visual effects as well. I believe so. Uh, the VFX studio behind it went bankrupt, and that is an incredible like film in terms of the special effects. And it went bankrupt because they didn't get paid enough. It's like um, I think a lot of people watch that film just going how the fuck did they keep that tiger on a boat with this kid and not get her killed yeah because it looks that good mm-hmm. like, no nope. there's no tiger there that's how no tiger but yeah that uh, vfx studio went bankrupt afterwards right. and you know what speaking of like video games and just shitty awful decisions can we please please talk about that guy oh lucas and you know what guy i mean don't you uh yeah i believe his name was like alex hutchinson Oh my! I remember his name because I've re- I wrote this down special to talk about. <laughs> so Alex Hutch and I bet as well if I Google just Alex Hutchinson, I'm gonna get a headline that just says "fucking moron has bad take." Uh, so what I was about to say is, oh, the Google guy. Click on his Twitter. He's creative director at SG&E Montreal Studio. Oh, he's changed now, hasn't he? So right, we're just gonna get this start straight. And then- what we have here, so this guy, Mr. Alex Hutchinson, uh, at Bang Bang Click on Twitter, he is the creative director at, as he said, SNG Montreal Studios, and he's worked on games Far Cry 4, Assassin's Creed 3, Spore Sims 2. And a couple of days ago, he just decided, like, you know what, I'm gonna just open my mouth and shove both my feet all the way in, <laughs> and tweeted out, um, because this was in response to, there's a thing happening on Twitter right now, on Twitter, Twitch, where um, Twitch is just slamming creators with, um, I think, copyright DMCA claims over music featured in streams, which is fair enough. I, you know, they didn't pay for that music. Yeah, and there's been a big, like, weird thing going on right now of people going, but we don't know what's being DMCA'd and your videos are taken down, like, randomly, seemingly. That's, yeah. There's a whole kerfuffle going on at the moment. It's like, yes, like, Twitch has a point. You are using this music and we can, and Twitch is liable to be fucking sued if they don't take it down. Mm-hmm. But they're not telling creators what specifically in your content is um, like you know problematic for us. So st- streamers don't know what to take down. So we're being forced to take everything down. 
or like risk losing their channel and their livelihood. Yeah. And for some people, that's like years worth of content. It is, it's yeah. gone. Years and years. Um, and even YouTube, as bad as it is in regards to like, you know, creators and um, like just letting you know how things are working with the platform. At the very least, when you have like copyrighted material in a video, it'll tell you what video it appears in, at what point in the video it appears, and who's filing the claim. And then you have the option to take the video down, um, share monetization, turn the video, turn monetization off entirely, or just mute that part of your video or remove it. Yeah, and there's a lot of options that YouTube have like ended up with over time. And obviously, like YouTube's been on and off dumpster truck fire. Like, yeah, it's taken a long time to get to that point, but. I think it's probably better that they tried than Twitch. Just go, no, fuck you, your videos are gone. Yeah, and while all this was kicking off, Mr. Alex Hutchinson went, man, I really fancy just some fuck right now. <laughs> and I tweeted out, uh, streamers worried about getting their content pulled because they used music they didn't pay for should be more worried by the fact they're streaming games they didn't pay for as well. It's all gone as soon as publishers decide to enforce it. Followed up very quickly by, the real truth here is that the streamers should be paying the developers and publishers of the games they stream. They should be buying a license like any real business and paying for the content they use. Um, so that's Alex Hutchinson, um, asshole who is wrong, on Twitter. Uh, Lucas, just thoughts on this searing hot nuclear take from this fucking moron. Well, I think you summed it up there. He's a fucking moron, Carl. He is, yeah. I, and I believe I retweeted this, and the only thing I put while retweeting it was just a picture, like a meme image of the guy holding his hand out, putting his finger down, like, money! Yeah. That guy from all the memes just fucking give me money. And is he the only person in the games industry that doesn't understand, like, streamers or free advertising? Yeah. Uh, he is so... Like, he is, like, technically he's right, you know, the best kind of right, but he's just so poorly informed or just, like, willfully ignorant of just the way the world works. Yeah. Where, technically, yes, streaming is one of those legal grey areas where you don't own this content. Like, you buy it, so you, you own it, like, to play mm -hmm. on your own. Yeah, yeah. The same way if you buy a DVD, you own that DVD. You can watch it as much as you like, mm -hmm. or, like, with some... Uh, caveats like if you go back a couple of years and they try to stop people like copying them and stuff if you remember all that yeah, shit yeah. that's a whole different kettle of fish but like you can't for example like get a projector and project that film onto like you know the side of your house and let your neighbours watch it mm -hmm. or like people watch it and then charge people to come and watch it um, it's for personal use yeah you can't like uh, same way with uh, music um, if you buy a CD, that's mm -hmm. your music. You can like, you can, you can again with some caveats, that's like whole other kettlefish. Like, it's yours to do with as you wish. But you can't say, for example, uh, play music at your house and then charge people to come and dance to it. Yeah, that's why nightclubs have to pay music licenses to be allowed to do that. The same way, like you pay fight like, uh, terrestrial or cable TV or whatever, mm -hmm. you can't stream your your football matches online yeah. to people that they pay for. That's why pubs have to pay to um, uh, have licenses to show. Football matches and or things like that. Pay. I don't think most. Well, they should do. pay. Some pubs don't, but like you should like be paying to do that. Yeah. And there's like again, if you you can argue all day about how right that is and how much money um, a company deserves for that, but like the letter of the law is that that is what you have to do. Yeah. The same is and technically, you shouldn't be able to do the games. Like you own the game, you can play it on your own, but like streaming it out to like three hundred thousand people mm -hmm. um, is 
Like, you know, it's the same thing as if like you streamed a film on Twitch. And in like as you say, technically that's right. The difference being, like, obviously gaming is an interactive medium. Yes, if and you, this is where the grey area comes in. Yeah, like if you show somebody else a movie and you just show them without edits, without commentary, like just the movie, that is the exact experience they would get from buying the product themselves. Whereas like yes. if you like we do, you know, stream Super Smash Bros Ultimate um to a bunch of people, it's like the experience that we or they will get watching us play the game is a very different experience they will get from playing the game themselves. Exactly. And um Again, like this is this is where like, I guess it would be a grey area. It is a grey where, area, like, you know, yeah. argument is where this is where arguments can like be had. Um, I would argue that the act of playing the game uh, is in of its is is technically transformative. Yes. And if something is trans, if you um, if content or what you do with content is transformative, it can be argued to be fair use. For example, like you legally can't like show like just take a picture. Like someone takes a photo, you can't take that photo and just post it. Mm-hmm somewhere else and then like run ads against it you can however if you want to like photoshop that image and do something or use it as a collage or like, you know make art based on it because you are if you like, what you're doing is adding to it in some way and yeah, again there are like arguments in courts about in music yeah and there are arguments about how much or little you have to do to something for it to constitute transformative but i'd argue the act of playing a video game is transformative because it's like you know it's a series of inputs virtually unique to you and as well, like with most streamers, there's also like commentary as well to go along with the game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh-huh. And there's like a whole bunch of stuff you can do with that. But even like discounting all that, it's just the gaming industry has realised this is a really good way to make like get a lot of eyeballs on our product. Mm-hmm. Like you have people like Ninja um, being paid millions of dollars to play video games on release because companies know that if we pay in two million dollars to play this game on stream, it's better than paying two million dollars worth of like. Um, uh, traditional advertising. Yes. Be- it's just better because he's like, you know, he's a trusted figure, at least to the people who watch his content. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get a lot of eyeballs on it and it, like, you know, showcases our product hopefully in a good light. Depending on, like, what the terms of the deal they strike with the individual. Yeah, of course, yeah. And, like, they realize, oh, yeah, it's better to just let people do this. And admittedly, like, you know, not every streamer is bringing eyeballs to something, but it's probably worth it. It's like, you know, let the little fish go to get the big fish. And the big fish are those huge streamers getting hold of your game. And I'm sure the developers of things like um, Fall Guys and Among Us. Well, yeah. Uh, other games. Like Among Us is a perfect example of a game that came out two years ago has just seen a surge of like millions of players hit that game completely out of nowhere because a few big streamers decides to pick it up. And there we go. And that's the value. And I'm sure there are plenty of companies out there chomping at the bit to have their Among Us moment. Yeah, and even uh, Minecraft like... is kind of like um, the the influx of players of Minecraft. Like originally was credited to a bunch of different YouTubers that were playing. Yeah, and it when continues. It was in beta. And it continues to enjoy longevity to this day, mm-hmm. thanks in part to just the the, the um, commitment of streamers and YouTube and content creators just continuing to support that game. Yeah. with their content, which is like you know a mutually beneficial relationship. Then you've got this fucking idiot, like yeah, but money though. That's the thing is, something... it's a mutually beneficial relationship with a streamer. For the most part, I say not every streamer's bringing much attention to a game, but 
But that's where we'd argue, like, it's you let the little fish go. For every, like, person with, like, five subs, mm. not really bringing any attention to it, or every person just showing all the cutscenes on YouTube, you get, um, like, these massive streams who like, have the potential to like, give you millions of dollars worth of free advertising. Exactly. And there's a whole uh, different side to it as well, where, like, the reason that influencers have become such a good form of marketing is because people form attachments and trusts to those personalities whereas like i don't trust a fucking banner on a website yeah which we've talked about in great detail before mm -hmm. of like yeah this is one of the reasons why like we've, we i'm not gonna rehash the same thing but we've talked about how um like the streamers and influencers out there they are considered like to be the holy grail for advertisers yeah. and like gaming companies with how much money they pour into advertising and marketing they know this oh they do yeah and i'm wondering like why doesn't this guy know that like is he really that fucking stupid or is he that short-sighted again we talked before about shut the short-sightedness of businesses about like, but money now though mm -hmm. i want a little bit of money now and so, but yeah realistically you could dmca claim gamers or streamers playing you could yeah. stream or on youtube mm -hmm. you get a little bit of money for that um like but and it's like you get, and then they, they, he hears that, and he doesn't hear the book. It's like, oh, money now. <laughs> but um, it would op like open this um, avenue, like avenue. It would open the avenue. I'm trying to think what I'm trying to say now. It would allow or open the gates for this thing to be argued in court, and we might lose. Yeah. Which one of the theories that I've had of why companies have never bothered to try and crack down on it is because if they challenge it in court and lose, that's it. That's game over. That is game over. Yeah. Because if they challenge it in court and then it's decided like definitively this is transformed enough to be considered fair use, those companies then lose all claim to that money. So like, they'd rather live with the uncertainty to allow them to like, you know, exude that like aura of fear about it. Well, last thing, because then the they have know. zero power at all. Yeah, they'd rather have some than none. Mm -hmm. and, like, and the other thing will be as well, uh, the moment this story breaks, um, we absolutely decimate our bottom line for the next 10 years. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody, like, you will get a little bit of money now, but nobody's going to buy our next game. And our stock price is going to plummet because all the new, every new story about our company for the next three weeks is going to be piece of shit company is trying to like extort money from fans and people who've already paid money for their game. We don't want that. That's a really bad thing. That'd be a terrible idea for any company to do. And he's like, yeah, but money now though. And I think it says a lot that this guy is a part of the Google Stadia team. Yeah, that, which is currently floundering for relevance. Yeah, they cannot get any sort of like grip on the gaming community at all. There's no momentum there whatsoever. And it's just and, oh, it's hilarious. So what's the story with that? Because I heard this. I heard that he is. Uh, so like, I did do a quick Google and... Um, Oh, thank you, yeah. What it is, is after he put out this, you know, monumentally bad take, um, mm. he... Heroic bad take. He's a hero, Lucas. <laughs> give, him his, give him his proper title. Um, he was a hero for just daring to be so wrong, so loudly to so <laughs> many people. So he did add to his Twitter bio, in all caps, all opinions my own. Um, and he also changed the tagline of his um, bio to... Uh, from... Creative editor at Stadia to creative director at SG and E Montreal Studio. Yeah. Which does stand for Stadia Games and Entertainment, but I'm sure from Google's perspective, 
the fact that like Google or Stadia don't specifically appear in his bio just distances okay, themselves so is, a little bit. Because what I heard when this first came out was that this guy worked for Stadia, and that's why everyone was dunking on him. Like this, like, and people don't know what Stadia is. That's the that's exactly our point. <laughs> yeah. If you don't follow games. Um, you know what a PlayStation is. You know what an Xbox is, even if you don't play them. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what a Stadia is, we're not even going to bother discussing it because that's the point. No fucker knows what it is. It is a failure on all counts. It has captured no one's attention yeah. whatsoever. And it was just like this really amusing thing to a lot of people that, oh, the guy with this horribly bad take, this reductive, terrible idea that would be cancerous to the entirety of gaming as a whole and would be like business suicide for any company that tried it. Is apparently the creative director of a console that is currently floundering for relevancy. Uh, service, not a console, because it's not an actual bot. Service. But yeah. Okay, sorry. The thing is, I follow games and I didn't know that. <laughs> that says it all. Um, and what? So, Carl, uh, just before, like, do you know what his last tweet was? Uh, yeah, I know what his last tweet was. It was anyway going to hop online and stream some Fall Guys. I just seen it then. Yeah. <laughs> oh. His latest tweet from a few days ago is like, fuck it, I'm going to go stream Fall Guys. It's like, did you pay your license for that, mate? Every single comment. And the best thing about it is that he's not uh, tweeted in six days. Yeah. And as you said, he changed his thing from creative director at Stadia to something like that's less definitive of what he actually does and then added the disclaimer of all opinions are my own. Because mm-hmm. I would bet like real money, like hard money on him getting a call or a very terse email from somebody at Google of shut the fuck what up. What the fuck did you just say? <laughs> because all that's happening now is like you have got the name of our thing in your profile and all people are talking about is like when you Google Stadia, it is. Idiot working at Stadia has monumentally bad take. Yeah. What a fucking moron. This looks really bad for the company. And what's really amusing to me is that while he's arguing that um, you should pay like having our stuff on your screen mm-hmm. or whatever google the company he claimed to work for before like you know walking that back is arguing the exact opposite in australian courts are they yes because uh, there's a current ongoing court case in australia where companies are trying to sue google saying that big joe when you go on google and for example you google like a recipe yes of a date and they'll show you like a snippet from a website mm-hmm. so you don't actually have to click on the website Oh, Don't you get the Wikipedia yeah, link? Yeah, because you can click on like the preview to the article, which gives you what you and need. You, and generally, you'll get all the information that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, websites aren't happy about that, and Google is arguing that's fair use. But what's You're actually happening to... is that they're stealing the clicks away or stopping people clicking away from Google. Yeah, so what Google are trying to argue is it's fair use to use that. Oh, God. While he is on Twitter going, yeah, but um, using any material from anybody else means you've got to pay a license for it. <laughs> As the company he, he supposedly works for is arguing the literal exact opposite in his home country. Oh, my God. Not to mention as well, Google's a fucking search aggregator. Mm. So he works for, like a search aggregator where they just take things that they didn't make yep. and then run ads against it. Yep. Because that's his argument is that Twitch streamers are running ads against content they didn't make. It's like Google does that, and you work for Google. And they're arguing that that's perfectly fine in court, in the highest court of the land in the country that you live. <laughs> and I would not be surprised if he got like a, a terse email saying, like, shut the fuck up. 
Yeah, I would. I would definitely. I'd be surprised if he didn't get like the angry emails and phone calls of like, "What the fuck did you just say?" At the very least, someone higher up in the company that he works for. Yeah, or like the arm of Google that he works for, mm-hmm. because holy fuck, is that a bad? And it got so he got so dunked on from orbit. <laughs> yeah. It didn't stop. It didn't. It was all. It's still going on. And then uh, the amazing thing of just like he tweeted out, "Wow." I really didn't realise that I'd get so much hate for saying this. It's like, oh my god, dude. It's amazing to me that people are upset at someone saying that creators of content should be allowed to make some money from other people using their content for profit. It's like Google's arguing the literal exact opposite <laughs> in court right now. And oh, again, as not we've to discussed, mention... like, a lot of people make way more money in the long term because of those fucking streamers. Yeah. And it's just like, it's so short-sighted. It can only be from like a, you'd expect to hear from like a soulless corporate businessman, mm-hmm. not someone who works like, he's supposed to be, his literal job title is creative. <laughs> you think you would have at least be able to see the bigger picture with something like mm-hmm. this. And it's amazing. It's so funny. Oh, God. And then the, 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 the final thing, which is like, while people are just setting up the alley-oops for the hoop that's in, like, a mile in the sky. Mm-hmm. And people are taking, like, the elevator all the way up. <laughs> like, the water, the heated elevator to just score these effortless dunks on this fucking knobhead. Um, someone just happened to notice that his banner image on Twitter, which he has not changed yet, yeah. is one of Jacksepticeye, a content creator, <laughs> that he has cr- uh, made by a, a fan for him, that he has cropped to remove the artist credit. Yeah, so Jacksepticeye got, like, I presume commissioned a piece of fan art for, like, the journey to the Savage Planet. Which... Or if just maybe just a piece of fan art in general. Or just like, a piece like, of fan know. art that he used or whatever. And, um, yeah, he has, A, got that as his banner image, but B, cropped it so that the artist credit isn't on there. So this guy arguing that, using anything in the most, like, remote possible sense and putting it out there publicly means you should pay for a license <laughs> or give so, give the person who originally created it some money is happy to take somebody else's piece of creative work, use it for his like, own ends as, like, you know, he's publicly facing Twitter. Like, the thing as well, he's um, verified on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I know this is a minor thing, but this pisses me off when I look and see people who are verified on Twitter who have less followers than me. Oh, he has less followers than you? Do you know you can't get verified on Twitter anymore? They've stopped doing that. Really? Yeah, if you apply to be verified, it's not a thing you could do. I think like, they're reworking it because uh. they realised too many white supremacists got verified. Okay. <laughs> anyway, that's just like a minor thing with this guy on his like you know public-facing profile. He's using someone else's artwork without accreditation. And then it's just make it better because it's like a Twitch streamer who is arguing like, oh, they put they add nothing to culture and content. They are thieves and stealing other people's hard-earned money. They owe everyone, they owe people for their success. He's like, I'm going to put a picture of him on my profile. Anyway, let's go stream nah. some Fall Guys. I, I have to believe that was sarcastic. I, I, I don't know. Because someone this dense wouldn't, like, is it sarcastic? Like, knowingly sarcastic? Anyway, I'm going to go stream Fall Guys. Or is it just, he's that um, just convinced of his own like righteousness for how right he mm. is that he doesn't see how fucking hypocritical that like that single sentence is. That's the thing is because I would think well obviously oh it has to be just a sarcastic little jab at people of like, oh I'm gonna go stream four guys now. But when the guy has that bad a take in the first place, it's I I really question is like his foresight on the matters. It's like oh god. Oh 
I've just done... So I thought, like, I googled his name, just Alex Hutchinson, and I just found the tweet straight away, because of course yeah. that's the first thing. But um, a headline that um, uh, jumped out to me is, from game I- gamesindustry.biz, Google distances itself from Stadia creative director Alex Hutchinson. <laughs> and he says here that um, Google, a, a, a speaker, a spokesperson from Google, when asked about it by um, 9to5Google, a website, mm. the spokesperson said, the recent tweets by Alex Hutchinson's do not reflect those of Stadia, YouTube, or Google. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Google's head of gaming for YouTube tweeted, we believe that publishers and creators have a wonderful symbiotic relationship that has allowed a thriving ecosystem to be created, one that has mutually benefited everyone. YouTube is focused on creating value for creators, publishers, and users. We are, uh, All ships rise when we work together. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. So I think we might be right there where he got a quiet word in the ear of like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. And it does say like, a lot that he hasn't tweeted in nearly a week. Uh, also as well like my thing uh my theory of like when how is he ever going to get a job in this industry again i don't know when people google him and like, like i said it's it's not quite fucking moron has terrible take it, it but it is google distances itself from guy who says he works for them like his take was so bad like th- like th- the biggest company on the planet's like no that creative director over there as well and they're just like no 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 <laughs> Like when one of the biggest companies on the planet is actively... Di- like, she wouldn't think, like, Google is so massive. Like, why do they have to give a shit about this when they're like, no, we, we, we need to get the work. We need to get out ahead of this. We do not agree with this man in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, when a company that big has to clamber to be like, we don't agree with this guy. They could have just brushed that under the rug and pretend it never happened. But they know it was such a bad fucking take that they have to come and say something. I've just checked as well. Like, he's literally got a Wikipedia page, and it consists of he is a creative. He's best known for his work as a creative director for Assassin's Creed and Far Cry Four. And then, like, the only section is personal life, which is one sentence long. Career, which is two sentences long. And then controversies, which is about the tweet. <laughs> oh man, Alex! As you say, how hard is it going to be for this guy to go get a job after that? It's more how difficult it's going to be for him to be taken seriously. Yeah. Is he ever going to be able to give another interview to any gaming publication ever again where they don't bring this up? Mm. And he's forced to like either double down or give the same stock response he's been given by a PR person for his company. Exactly. Of just say this. Say this. If you don't, good luck. Yeah, good luck, mate. But I, it's so amazing. I'm so impressed. What a fucking hero. <laughs> Like, as well, like, how, I guess, like, self-centered is not the word. Like, egotistical, maybe, do you have to be? Where you tweet something out, and literally every single person in the industry you work in, including the biggest company on the planet, actively distance themselves from your opinion and say that you are wrong and stupid. <laughs> Do you have to be to double down and go, yeah, but that's uh, it's really weird that people are upset about this and have no time to like, reflect on what you did. Like, at no point does he seem to show any sort of self-reflection or introspection on this comment. He's like 100% all in and doubling down. Oh, yeah, he is, yeah. And I am, I am interested to know whether he just got told, like, just stop tweeting. Just don't don't talk about it. Don't go back on it. Just stop talking. It's the easiest way. Yeah. Just like shut the fuck up. I, it's incredible. I I just want to know like 
I, I don't want to know what it's like. I know I don't want to experience what it's like to be a pariah on the internet, but I would love to be a fly on the wall mm. for some like for someone like this who is it is one hundred percent a self inflicted wound. Oh yeah. Well, like he woke up that day and had this thought and thought I'm going to put it out publicly. Saw. So, the immediate the backlash was instant. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was instantaneous and it was global. Mm. Every like I'm like almost every prominent figure in gaming, including like even like professional, do you know, like, I think like Jason Schreier maybe got in on yeah, this. Yeah, I think he did, yeah. Like, like some of the biggest names in the industry and the like, um companies <laughs> were getting into like distance himself from it. And then after that he sent a second tweet out clarifying that he actually meant what he said. Yeah. It's incredible. I wanna know. I want to meet these people. I want to shake his hand and say, you're incredible. And that's the thing is, as you kind of insinuated, there wasn't any real discussion about this. Like, there was the Twitch thing. But then instead of, like, discussing, oh, well, Twitch has been taking down videos because of, like, um, you know, the DMCA stuff. And it, he, he just took a complete leap and bound and went, now nah, let's make it about paying for licenses for games. Yeah. Like, hang on whoa where did that come from and why did you tweet it out and as we discussed like there is like you know legal um ground for what he's arguing but as we've just established like even google like even google a company where they've like tried to enter this space and are fucking failing mm-hmm. aren't this desperate for cash that they're willing to poke this hornet's nest or pull at this And track. also, like, yeah, maybe you should think about the fact that Google owned fucking YouTube where they are doing the exact thing of promoting creators for a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah. And it's just one of those things of just like, holy shit. Like, technically, yeah, you've got a point, but please shut up. As you said, it's the worst kind of being right, the technically right. He's, he's that guy of, like, it's why are you booing me, I'm right, but it's not funny. Yeah. It's just like, oh, my God. And I was just so happy when I saw it, especially when our mutual friend Charlie tweeted out that fucking legend who uh, is one of the people who does, like, he can, he did, he read out the tweet in Kyber's voice from you oh, yeah. and it's pitch perfect. <laughs> it's so good. Where it's like uh, Kyber from Yu-Gi-Oh just reading out that tweet and it sounds like exactly like something he'd say as like a shitty businessman who's like, fucking give me money now. Yeah, because if anyone doesn't know that, it's essentially Kyber's entire character. is like, I am rich man, give me money, I like business. I still think that one of the best lines from Kyber is, uh, I think it's in one of the movies, where he throws, he gets a can and crushes it and throws it aside and says, fire the person who designed that. Kyber Corp uh, products shouldn't crush that easily. <laughs> and it's just, that's the most Kyber shit ever. Oh. And the way, I, the way I saw that got broken down is, like, this is how the conversation went after we left. It's like, but Kyber, we didn't make that can. It's like, we'll buy the company that did make it and then shut it down. <laughs> and the other one that I saw is that same guy. Again, our friend Charlie tweeted this out. Where... <laughs> uh, did you see that over the weekend? It was Kim Kardashian. Oh... Yeah. And for people who haven't seen this is fucking incredible. Kim Kardashian West, um, as a surprise to her closest 300 friends, um, <laughs> tested everybody in her friend group for coronavirus. And then when they tested negative, took them all to a private island. For her 40th, I'm just going to get the tweet up it? here. For her 40th birthday, yeah. yes. 
And the tweet says, after two weeks of multiple health screens and asking everyone to quarantine, I surprised my closest inner circle with a trip to a private island where we could pretend things were normal for just a brief moment. And it's just pictures of them on a private island. Yeah. Literally just having a, a rich person's party on a private fucking island. Because she made sure that everybody was tested for coronavirus and that everyone was negative so they could go and enjoy without having to social distance. My favorite thing is in one of the photos she posted showing, look at how normal this is. You can see right in the background, there's a waiter wearing a mask. <laughs> so like they went to this private island and the poor fucking people who worked on that island still had to wear masks. And I she really, not have, like, used any. I do want to question the legitimacy of I tested like everybody on this island for two weeks prior to flying them all out safely. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. On a private jet. Yeah. My favourite thing about it is, though, is the next bit. Um, uh, we danced, rode bikes, swam near whales, kayaks, watched a movie on the beach, and so much more. I realise that for most people, this is something that's so far out of reach right now. Mm-hmm. Because she's talking about, like, she means, like, you know, just hanging out with friends and family. Yeah. But when that's like immediately, like when she's posting that in response to or following up from, I booked out an entire private island. Yeah. And that um, that same guy who did the fucking Kyber voice did it as Pegasus reading it out. <laughs> Where he has like the, his own private battle island. Battle, but what a fucking baller move, man. He invented, he invented door monsters and then built, made cards that only he can use. Yeah. And then he lost. He lost the game that he made when he made cards that are broken OP. He made his own cards that nobody else is allowed that are better than all the other cards and still lost. Because, because Lucas, he didn't believe in the he heart didn't. Of cards. He didn't, Carl. My favourite thing is that all, in all the photos, like one of the photos she posts is just a guy who looks really unhappy to be there. Oh, God. Imagine just the privilege to get flown out to a private island to see all your friends and family during a pandemic and being like, man, this sucks. Man, I hate my life. (laughs) I'm having such a bad time right now as you're being waited on hand and foot by people in masks. I can't see my family this Christmas and you're unhappy at a fucking private island 40th birthday party. My favourite thing about it is, though, which is like, oh, I I finally got a chance to feel normal again. It's like, you live in a giant mansion. Where you can do anything you want. Uh, she could probably have like all of her friends and family quarantine in different parts of her mansion for two weeks, yeah, and they could all meet up. Yeah, easily they could social they could social distance at her fucking breakfast table. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's incredible just how fucking tone deaf that thing is. Like again, like just the tone deaf is like Kim, just read the room. Yeah. Because we talked like right at the very start of lockdown about how it, it's probably going to be really tough for celebrities whose um, raison d'etre is being like their whole thing is just being in the public mm-hmm. eye. Like they are like the people who are famous for being famous. And Kim Kardashian, yeah, admittedly, she runs a business, she has a brand, but her brand is herself, yeah. and she advertises that brand by just being out in the world, like um, the famous image, like break the internet, Kim Kardashian. Well, obviously, the whole like. Keeping up with the Kardashians, it's literally a TV show about just keeping up with their life. Yeah. Like, she is famous for being famous, and, like, her brand is herself. Mm. So, like, 
people like her. It's really difficult for like, you know, to expand or even just like maintain your brand when you are stuck inside and you can't do anything. Yeah. And we talked about how there were probably people sat inside like Flandre. We talked right at the very start, the guy whose job is like fashion editor for a newspaper. And he must be like shitting bricks. And he's like, oh my like, God, why aren't people dressed professionally working from home? It's like, how is he supposed to justify like the existence of his job? When everyone's working from home, mm. and his response is to like just like lash out pettily, of like everybody's doing panda, everyone's doing it wrong. We should get back to normal. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if like we need to get back to normal. Well, it's weird because like uh, on a bit of a tangent, like Jenna's been trimming like our back and sides of my hair, and it was like, oh, um, there's a little bit just here that was like a little bit longer than the rest. She's like, oh, do you want me to go over it? Like, sorry about that. I was like, you're the only person that's going to see the back of my head for like another six months. Jenna, it's fine. Does it matter? Does any of it matter? The best bit matter? is though, because like speaking about the Kim Kardashian TV show, like there is a famous moment in that. It's probably one of the, the only good moments and one of the most memorable moments from that show. And it is where Kim Kardashian loses a diamond earring in the ocean. Okay. Does she buy the and ocean drain and find the earring? No, she's, I think she's swimming or something like that, and she bursts into tears. Like She is in hysterics over losing this diamond mm. earring. Like she's like, oh my God, I've lost my earring, I've lost my earring. And then, I don't know which member of the, like, the family it is, but someone just leans out and goes, Kim, there's people that are dying. <laughs> and that's it. Just like, that's their response to seeing her break down in hysterics over losing a diamond earring, which is a fucking multi-millionaire. And they just look out and go, Kim... There are people that are dying, so every response to this tweet is just, <laughs> Kim, there's people that are dying. Is this really important right now? Oh, oh. that's spot on, that is. It's like we talked about it, didn't we? Like, right at the very, very start of lockdown. Yeah. Like, the celebrities, like, they did, what, the Imagine video? Like, imagine a world with no possessions from their giant fucking mansions. <laughs> it's like, you know what, celebrities, now it's time to shut the fuck up. No one cares. Yeah. I we don't want to hear from you right now, and I am like it's one of the few positive things about like being stuck in lockdown, has been just people getting sick and tired of um, uh, celebrity shit. Oh yeah, for sure. Of, like we're of people like we're all in this together. It's like no, we fucking not. Fuck you. You're rich. We're all in this together. It says person who's comfortable sitting at home doing nothing and just raking in the money. Still, it's like great. Person who is able to book out an entire private island. But Carl, we're all in it together. We're all in it together. And it's the We've fact all that got a rough like, time right now. It's just like the thing, the fact that she feels like compelled to put that out there and then has absolutely, again, absolutely no hint of self-awareness about how bad it looks. Mm-hmm. Like to just everyone who's watching, like, this looks so fucking bad. Yeah. Why would you put this out there? You are willingly just inviting people to be like, the fuck are you talking about? Oh, God. And I just... That thing is, she could have done this and just not told anybody. Yeah. Or she could have been like a... It probably would have been like a trade publication somewhere. like a. I'm sure someone magazine. would have got their hands on the story, but she didn't have, have to up. go out there and rub it in our face. And she even puts, like, uh, she did acknowledge the fact she's very privileged to do it, which doesn't make it, like, any um, less unsavory to see. Mm, yeah. Of a, a multi-millionaire being able to basically just circumvent the entire pandemic mm-hmm. via money. 
Because they're, they're rich enough where it doesn't bother exactly, them. Exactly, yeah. And I, it's one of the things you probably knew that. We all knew. We all knew this wouldn't affect rich people the same way it affects everyone else. No, exactly. But the fact that like, they're they're out there just like flaunting it of like, look, I went to a private island and I could like, you know, hug my family members and just like, you know, sit and relax and not have to worry. Yeah, like during a pandemic, Kim weekend. Kardashian decided, I'm going to put out there, fuck you, I've got money, I can have a life still. It's like, thanks. Thanks for that. It makes me feel a lot no, better knowing a, that, Kim. It's like, uh, it was a great bit in a show that I, I really like, and it's um, Only Fools and Horses. Mm-hmm. And there's a great scene in that show where it's um, the lead character. It's like just two like um, guy, uh, market traders in London who are like, you know, the, the ups and downs of their life, trying to like, you know, just survive and wheel and deal um, uh, to make like uh, pinching pennies and all that sort mm-hmm. of thing. And there's just a scene in it where like they are really down on their luck. Yeah. And one of the characters, look, I, I can tell you, I've, uh, I'll tell you about my friend Miles. And my friend Miles, um, uh, he opened... Um, up a store. He, he would go to stores and he'd notice that um, if you like, if he's super into his organic lifestyle, mm. that if he wanted to buy, say, some organic potatoes, he'd have to go to one store. And if he wanted to buy fertilizers to grow some stuff at his house, he'd have to go to another store. And then if he wanted to like, get the equipment to plant all that stuff, he'd have to go to another store still. So he combined it all into one idea and then made his own store that sold all of it under one roof. And he's got three or four of them now. And by this time next year, he will be a millionaire. And the guy asks, like, his brother asks, like, that's that's what that's great. So where do we come in? Because oh no, we don't come in anywhere. I just thought it might, you know, make you feel better to know that even in this economy, people are still doing well. And he just turns and goes, "Well, that's warm my heart, that has, bro." <laughs> and he yells into the other, "Oh, honey, come through. Come listen to this story from Rodney about his friend who's doing really well. <laughs> the parable of the lucky git." And it's like, yeah, I get it. It is people are some people are able to succeed with what's going on, but I don't want to fucking hear it when I'm at rock bottom. Yeah, yeah. It's like, great, good for you. Like, thanks. Kim, do you have um, any spare money to, like, give people any jobs now? Or give, help like, anyone? Like, it's, it's just the fact that in one of the photos, you can see there's a guy wearing a mask. Yeah. And it's just, like, in the tweet uh. that says, it's so nice not to have to worry about this pandemic, as there's someone in the photo who's probably shitting his pants. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he's in a room, for, like, you've probably heard, oh, all these people have been tested. So if they get it, it's on fucking you. They're going to sue you. He's like, oh, God, no. <laughs> and none of them, like, it's because just... they've all apparently been tested, none of them are social distancing or giving a shit. No. So if somebody, say, for example, a waiter did pass it on to one person, that's going across like, the entire group within, like, a matter of hours. Not so I just argue it's just a really fucking um, uh, irresponsible thing to put out there. It is, yeah. It's super irresponsible to be like, look, look what I did. Um, because all it does is make people think, like, the fuck am I even doing? Yeah, it's that's like, the thing is, it's um, going to encourage so many people to be like, well, fuck it, it's my 40th birthday, I'm going to get my family together. It, yeah, it's like, I don't give a mm-hmm. shit. Like, Kim Kardashian got away yeah. with it, why can't I? It's like, oh, but she did took all these precautions. That Well, yeah, she's only a devil tailor because she's a fucking millionaire. And she's able to pay the thousands of dollars it costs for a test yeah. multiple times over to ensure this and then fly everyone out on a private jet that she owns. It's like, fucking hell, it's so irresponsible. It really is. And there's enough people out there already completely ignoring the rules. And it just gives them more fuel. To be like, well, fuck it. No one else gives a shit. Why should I? It's like the, the tipping point in um, like my you know bubble of Liverpool was specifically when... You know, the the Cummings gate came out. And yeah, like when that guy just like 
a high-ranking member of government just flouted and ignored the lockdown rules to go see his family. And when there were absolutely no repercussions for it, everyone just went, oh, fuck it. And I just saw a mass amount of people outside, like where not wearing masks, just not social distance. It all just fell apart. It's like because there was no strong... It's, it's so irresponsible. Like even if like she herself was being... Like taking the most amount of precautions, just the fact she's put it out there, all it's gonna do is just make people like, fuck it, if rich people are getting away with it, I don't mm. give a shit. Like, there will like be deaths because of this, guaranteed, yeah. because there will be at least a handful of people, like a, a fraction of a percentage of people who see that or are aware of it, will be inspired to do the mm. same thing and justify it the same way that she did. If it's her birthday. It's my birthday or some insert event that you think is like important yeah. to you. I can take the risk. It's like a, in the UK right now, um, there was like a quote or not quote, like a statement this morning from like the chief of police of we will break up Christmas Day get together. Yes. I, we will, if we hear that people are breaking social distancing and the quarantine lockdown mm-hmm. rules to meet up at Christmas, we are, we are empowered to break those up. And the amount of people whose response that is, fuck you, you're not stopping me from celebrating Christmas with my nan or whatever. And it's like, oh, like that's how it's going to step. That's how you're going to get another fucking wave of this shit. People justifying, well, it's just one of, it's just one. But if, what, 40 million people do it for just that one time, it's like, oh, great. Okay. Well, the country's going to fall was apart. That story, was that story a couple of weeks ago? Um, it was a guy who had a party. Um, he's like, oh, we were sick of lo- lockdown, so we invite, like, he invited a bunch of people mm. to his house. I'll try and find the exact story because it's a story that's been told multiple times, but this one is the most heartbreaking because uh, da, 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 guy holds party coronavirus deaths. There we go. Here we go. So uh, we're on the independent right now. So this is uh, oh, okay. Da, 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 a coronavirus. And this headline simply is 14 members of a family test positive for COVID 19. After holding mask-free party. That sounds about right. So, uh, one woman has died and one man is on life support following an unmasked social gathering which infected 14 family members with the coronavirus last month. And this story is from, just to date it, um, the 29th of July. Mm-hmm. And this was uh, Mr. Green uh, in Texas who said that um, he did not believe that the virus was a big deal. He actually thought it was a hoax and did not think that masks uh, were important. And after several months of lockdown, decided, I just want to invite people to my house because we need to see each other. So in his party, they, so, uh, they held a party and they woke up feeling sick the next day and their parents became sick two days later. Yay. But it's all a hoax, Carl. And then, uh, so, yeah, like I think his mother died and then his father-in-law got ill. So I, I, I bet his uh, fucking wife is ecstatic. Mm. I remember their family died. And then it says, I cannot help but feel responsible, said Mr. Green. What do you mean you can't help but feel? You are responsible. It's your fault. It's 100%. Well, yeah, there's not a question in it. You killed those people. Yeah. You killed those people. But fuck it, Carl. Like, they I'm are fed dead. up and I want to party. Yeah, exactly. And that's how it's going to be. He then create. Oh, he created a GoFundMe page. Yay. Really? And then, like, yeah, and then this story has just, like, been repeated ad nauseum. 
But like that's the one that got mm. me where um, it's like I that line of I can't help but feel partly responsible. It's like you are entirely responsible. Like you could just not have thrown the party and these people will still be alive. <laughs> that's important. And like, I, ones, and like, like... I, I do laugh, but it is completely true and horrifying. But yeah, it's just what. Then you have one what here. To say. Uh, in Texas again, and this is from July 13th. 30 year old man has died of COVID 19 after attending a party meant to prove the coronavirus was a hoax. Yep. So it was called a COVID party and it was held, and they put several healthy people in the same room as a person who tested positive for the virus. <sighs> Fucking hell. And then he died. And according to um, doctors who were there um, in his last moments, one of the final things he says is, I think I made a mistake. Yeah, no shit. So he killed himself. Well, essentially he did, yeah. Dying the lid. I didn't realise, like, it was a case of, oh, we literally did it on purpose. Like, we got somebody infected and just, fuck it. Yeah, that was another one. It's like, uh, we're going to prove that it's, like, not a big deal and that it's a hoax. And then he died. One day after saying, I think I made a mistake. And there are dozens and dozens of examples of that. But like, that's the one that gets me. because it's, uh, Have you ever seen that very famous tweet of, um, I didn't think leopards would eat my face, sobs woman who voted for leopards eating faces party? <laughs> uh, that is like the legendary tweet, which is just, I did not think it would affect me when I made this horrible decision that would impact others. So, so I don't give a shit if it impacts everyone else, but the, when the moment it starts to impact me, that's when it's a big it's deal. It's always the way, isn't it? Of just like, oh... Yeah. I never thought it would happen to me. So I thought that it was a hoax, or I didn't think it was a big deal, right up until I got sick from it, and then immediately realised, oh god, it's a big deal, you need to fucking help me. Yep, and there's there's never enough stories for people to actually sit down and realise what they're saying. Like Over and over again, stories like this come out, and there's still people sitting around going, oh yeah, but it's probably a hoax, the government probably make it up. Or it's not. A or big it's deal. not a big deal because it's not affected me or my like family yet. So I won't get it though. And the worst part is like um, I didn't even manage to find this because there's so many different examples of these th- these happening. Mm. I did not find the specific story I wanted to talk about, which is a similar thing. Like a group of people got together and to have a party during lockdown because they missed each other and they didn't think the virus. They thought it was overblown. Mm-hmm. So we thought it was a hoax. They didn't wear masks. They didn't social distance. And someone died, but the person who died was someone who didn't turn up. Oh, that's the story that I was trying to track down. I couldn't find, but it's um, I forget the exact details. But like, the pertinent piece of information is that someone who didn't turn up died because someone they did know did go, didn't tell them, came back to their house, uh... got in the house, spread it to them, and they died. So even some like they they took every precaution possible to safeguard themselves and others, and then died because of someone else's um, their selfishness. Well, that's the thing is, it it's yeah. like um, people trying to explain like. You see a lot on like uh, Facebook and on Twitter and stuff of like adverts being like, "Look, your social bubble of six people. They all have a social bubble of six people, and if you all have different people in different bubbles, that's not a fucking bubble anymore because it just spreads between each one." Yeah, we'll just times your six by six, and then times that by six yeah. again. And how many of them, like, you only have to do like three or four before you say it's like hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, like that was pretty good. That's great. So we started this, be like, yeah, let's make, let's bring it back to being a comedy podcast, <laughs> and then for some reason, maybe it's just the current world like climate we live in, but it immediately just ed- like took the downward turn to like, yeah, fucking, I'm not gonna see my mum or dad for Christmas. It's always the way, isn't it? Of like right now some in 2020, it's very hard to speak for what like one to two hours and stay on the positive side of things because. Oh, it's just... The thing that I'm wondering, though, is, like, how many people are going to kill their parents this year? Probably a lot more. So that's, 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 that is going to happen. And I, I'm so, so fucking, like, just, oh. But, Carl, it'll be great people because go- we don't have to worry for much longer. As soon as 21, 2021 starts, this all will just go away, right? Because that's what I'm, like, worried about. Like how many people are gonna fucking kill their mm-hmm. parents by going home to surprise them yeah. at Christmas? And the fact that we can like the answer to that is um probably like it's gonna be at least a couple. When the answer should be zero. It's going to be a lot <laughs> oh, more than no. a couple. I'll tell you that now. Uh... I can't wait to start out the new year with a giant spike in cases because everyone just visited each other for Christmas. No, it's all right though because like we can end on this because this is fucking incredible. Mm. Um, have you seen jokes? It's like the election is very soon. I think I next week. I believe this will be the last podcast we do before the election results are out. Mm-hmm. And um, in the lead up to the election, uh, the White House has released um, a big list. These are all the things that President Donald Trump has accomplished uh, during his time oh, as president. God. Um, just like you know, as a final thing, like boost his poll mm-hmm. numbers. Like, like we we need to like what has he actually accomplished? And listed on on that, I shit you not, is ending the COVID nineteen pandemic. Uh, that's news from today. That happened this morning. So that's uh, the twenty eighth of October. Or that's at least when I saw the news. Yeah. So uh, Donald Trump, or at least his White House, has officially listed ending the COVID nineteen pandemic as one of the accomplishments of his presidency. In the middle of a pandemic. When it's still going on, yeah, and the current number of cases in the US is the highest it's ever yeah. been. Great. I didn't realise he ended it this morning. Great, isn't it? I'm worried. At what? I, and the, the fact that this time next week, we may very well just be talking about, like, Oh, yeah, well, uh, Donald Trump lost, but refuses to leave the White House. Well, they've already got they all have, that yeah. stuff. Um, like, one of the first things, oh, I think before like, he confirmed that Supreme Court nominee who's, like, woefully unqualified mm-hmm. against the wishes of, um, like, the uh, dying wish of Ruth Bader yep. Ginsburg. Um, while that was happening, um, very quietly, uh, the Supreme Court ruled that um, Wisconsin can throw out ballots. Um, that, are, that are earmarked for as being cast before election day, but aren't received or counted by election day. <sighs> so people who voted um, by mail or by proxy or what, or mm-hmm. what have you prior to election day, and if their election doesn't arrive, or if their ballot doesn't arrive by election day, which is probably going to happen for a lot of people, because, yeah, all the shit they've been doing with the USPS mm-hmm. and just like like the fuckery around ballot boxes and all that stuff... It's probably going to happen for a lot of people. Um, it is now um, being enshrined, not enshrined in the country, but it's now been like uh, confirmed by the Supreme Court. Those votes can be thrown out. Great. 
And there's also Donald Trump is saying on the news, um, just to the public, of um, we shouldn't, um, they should declare a winner on election day. So they can't. They shouldn't count be allowed. Votes, yeah. yeah. So they can't continue counting votes. Uh, we should go with the first count. It's not um, uh, constitutional um, for them to keep counting the votes after the fact, even though it is. Oh, it's completely constitutional in, to count your vote in a vote. Yeah. No, he wants there to be a, a winner declared on that day. Well, Carl, hopefully either they'll still be counting or we'll have better news next week. Hopefully, yeah. Because, oh my God, I can't do another four years of that. I'm not even American and I can't do another four years of that. It's just like... Every single time you hear anything about it, you think they've got to the mm. bottom. Like you think, like they've just they've got. It can't get worse. Like there's nothing that can be done. Yeah, like there is there is no bottom to this barrel. Like we thought we'd reached the bedrock, and then the bedrock just lifted up, and there's an entire another like four miles of <laughs> like fossilized shit that we've got to dig through. God. It's like, um, like, what's the one in the UK at the moment? Like, this is one I, I genuinely could not believe it. And we, like, for Americans that listen to this, like, this is a thing that's happening in the UK. It's probably one of the bigger stories in mm-hmm. the UK right now. Is it Marcus Rashford? Oh, this is the Man United player, isn't it? Yeah, so Marcus Rashford is um, a football player, a very popular one, very good one, very talented young man. And during the mm-hmm. lockdown, as, oh, God, I call him a young man. I call him young man, which is like 20, and I'm 12, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Anyway, um, one of the things that he's done during lockdown is he's championed um, free school meals for low-income families and children. Because yeah, he's a human kid, being, like a lot of because he's a human being, and there's a lot of kids who like they rely on school meals for their food if they can't go to school. They some kids don't mm-hmm. eat. And while I've never been that hard up, my family was like. Um, uh, not on the breadline, but we're very a very working class family. And like when my mum and dad got divorced, like my mum was like on the cusp of like that being a thing. Like we would have there's a reason my favourite meal is being on yeah, yeah. Cause a lot of days that's basically all we could have. A twenty P thirty P tin of beans on mm. some toast. And it was a treat when we got Heinz beans because they cost sixty P. Yeah. Anyway, I I fully like the thing of like free school meals, yes. And there was a um, a push by him for there to be a vote in Parliament. Of should we extend free school meals for children until Easter? So basically, so that means over Christmas. So essentially, the vote was: should hungry poor children eat food over Christmas? Like, which seems like the most obvious slam dunk victory for easy political gain for any part. Literally, the it? fucking like little Timmy. And Ebenezer Scrooge, I don't want Timmy to go hungry for Christmas, or whatever the kid's name is. Yeah, it is just like it. It's like a choice in fable. Yeah, like that's how. Just like, do you want children to starve, or do you want to spend a very small amount of money to ensure that they get food? But Carl, it's not a small amount of money. It's twenty million pounds when they spent six billion pounds on an app that doesn't work. Yeah, the track and trace app, which will tell me three days late that oh, you may have walked past someone who's tested positive. You, Great. Yeah, thanks. you may have been in contact with someone that had the virus a week ago. Oh, great. Thanks. And like the government have spent billions upon billions of pounds 
on like you know PPP and the track and trace app, they just straight up hasn't worked. But twenty million pounds to feed starving children over Christmas is too much. Yeah, and it's that thing of it's the most obvious, like easy political win ever. Just like say yes, get the yeah. positive press of you are feeding starving children over Christmas. And for some reason, just the Tory government's like, no. All uh, Tory MPs, bar about four, I think it was, voted, voted against, against it, voted down, yeah. these free meals for kids over Christmas. It's, it's so ridiculous. You look at it and just go... As you say, it's the, the easiest slam dunk ever. We want to feed kids over Christmas. Yeah, bam, win. Not to mention as well, it's like a campaign being championed by like a very popular footballer, yeah. like a very popular figure. And like, it is like a huge big deal on Twitter. And like, this is the easiest way to appeal to the, like, the kind of base that the Tories yeah, want, is. which is just like people who only see politics and the world in a very binary mm. way of good and bad. And I don't know about you, Lucas, but when I think good and bad, I think good feeding starving children, bad, letting starving <laughs> children go hungry. And did you see uh, the one of the videos that went around of like, the the defence of one of the MPs was like, yeah, but kids have been starving for years. Is that, oh yes, is that real? That was real, yeah, like, oh yeah, but uh, po- like, poor kids have been going hungry for years now. And it's like, why are you saying that? Why is that your defence? <laughs> kids? Kids? have been going hungry for a long time. So that's why we should just, like, not try and fix that. The thing that makes it even better is that they've been in charge for, like, 11, 12 years now. I I still can't get over, like, just the, yeah, we need change. You've been in power for 10 years. That that was the best one. Like, Like, people don't know, over in the UK, for our last election, the Conservative Party the ruling party for the past, like, 10 years genuinely put their campaign slogan as it's time for change and yeah. then won. Because old people vote more than young mm-hmm. people. Fuck's sake. I hate it so much. I hate it. Because I saw that and went, no, how is that a thing that got through? How is it a thing should that we got feed... through but then worked? <laughs> how Should we feed starving children? No. Uh, okay, sure, I guess. Yeah, and it's like, okay, well, uh, like even like Wales and Scotland have been like, uh, no, no, we're gonna feed our kids over Christmas, but England's just like, nah, man, nah, kids have been starving for years. Worst, cope with it. The worst part about it is like private companies about to come out, mm-hmm. like. And said, like, Tesco and other companies, like, yeah, we'll do, like, we'll match the food scheme so kids don't go hungry. And then they've seen it as a victory of, look, the private sector's taking care of it. It's like, no, they're doing it because they realise, you know what's really good, easy press? Feeding fucking starving kids. The private companies come and communities are, like, coming together to basically act like food banks and charities. And it's like, all you needed to do was vote yes on this. It's like, oh, my God. Like... Fucking hell. Couldn't even give kids food. And you claim that you can run the country. Like, oh yeah, but uh, people have been poor for a long time, so it doesn't matter. I just think it's so great. Great. It's so fun. It's so fun that we live in this world where 
Like, you see the people in charge going, but is it right? Like, is it economically viable to feed starving children? It's like, how is this a question? <laughs> Why does it need to come down to the economics of it? Why is it not just a, a base question of just fucking morality? So have you ever seen that great one? I think it's like uh, like Alexandria. I always forget to pronounce it. Like AOC. Oh, right, yeah. I think it's AOC or Illinois. Again, I'm really bad at pronouncing these names because I only ever see like the, the tweets where it's like about, uh, yeah, we need like healthcare for people. It should be a human right. And then there's a response from a guy of like, oh, so healthcare is a human right. What's next? Food, water, clothing, housing. See where this is going. It's like, yes. <laughs> why is this a Why thing? is that a hot take? He's like, oh, are you saying that it's a human right to be able to, like, eat and drink? It's like, yes. Existing is a thing that you should be allowed to do without without it being sort of like, uh, yeah. like, you should not have to suffer to exist. No. Oh, oh well, what's next? Fucking food. Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. People, please, like, just go oh, vote against these people next time. Oh, it's so good. Like it's it's so. I I say this in the sense that I the world can't get worse, and it continues to just like stomp. Yeah. Your what what will we end twenty twenty on? Oh, we're not gonna let children eat over Christmas. Oh, great. Now think about it. Like, if you would have said that ten years ago, like, that would be like parrot. We've talked about it before like, how you could not write this. Like if you like spitting images. Back, yeah, yeah. Like a satirical show taking the piss out of, like, politicians and, like, um, notable mm. figures. Uh, if you wrote a spitting image, um, uh, like, skit 10 years ago about the Tories, genuinely using the argument of, like, our oh, kids have always been hungry, <laughs> fuck it, let's not feed them, people say that is cartoon, literally cartoonishly evil. That's too on the nose. There's no fucking... It's too on... There's no fucking way they just come right out mm. and say it. And then they just fucking do. Oh, man, there was, like, a, a British MP where, like, his argument for why they shouldn't do food stamps and stuff like that was, um, oh, yeah, people will spend them in brothels <laughs> and on drugs. And then, like, one of his... Someone tweeted at him, like, yeah, I know that people are trading in um, food stamps and stuff like that for drugs. And he tweeted in back in response, like, yeah, I've heard a lot about that. A newspaper took that tweet, literally just screenshot mm. his tweet, and put that on their like their website and just said British MP says that people are spending um, or swapping food stamps for drugs and he retweeted that. No, I didn't. <laughs> it's like it's literally what you they've just repeated what you said. Oh, and he's like, but I, no, I didn't. How many fucking politicians forget that social media is a thing that you can be quoted on? Well, like he did it in response, like. He the retweet of him taking the piss mm. out of them, of saying like this is wrong, please take it down. Yeah, like has the picture of his mm. tweet in it. <laughs> that's the the thinking with Donald Trump, isn't it? Of like, well, I never said that, and then it's just, oh well, here's the screenshot of your tweet from like two years ago where you said that exact thing. My favorite one is is like the breakdown of how his tweets go, where it's um. Trump on stage. Uh, Trump on stage. Or Trump shits his pants mm. on stage. The news. Donald Trump shits his pants on stage. Donald Trump's uh, advisors or like spokespeople. Donald Trump did not shit his mm -hmm. pants. Uh, it's fake news that he did. 
Donald Trump the next day, I shit my pants on purpose. <laughs> it's just like, fuck <laughs> Oh. Just screaming, I shit my pants on purpose. My favorite one, though. Like, did you ever see the fake tweet someone did? This was this is amazing. Like where they faked, they mocked up a tweet. It's like a picture of Donald Trump at a rally or something like that from mm. a couple of years ago. And he, he jokes Donald Trump's like an obese yeah. piece of shit. He looks really dumpy. Um, they said, "Oh, Donald Trump's wearing a diaper, an adult size diaper." Oh, okay, yeah. And they photoshopped like some tweets or something from like right wing shitheads. Saying that, oh yeah, wearing a diaper is not a big deal. I'll wear one, and then Photoshop pictures of people wearing <laughs> diapers. And right wing dickheads on Twitter saw that and took pictures of themselves wearing adult <laughs> diapers in solidarity. <laughs> and it's like, for fuck's sake! Oh my word! Like, like they will do anything. They don't care as long as it hurts other mm-hmm. people. Like, they don't care how much it affects them as long as they get to hurt people they don't like. That's yeah. all it is. Own the libs. Like, like uh, killing yourself with coronavirus, own the libs. It's great. <laughs> but just like when I shit my pants on purpose. <laughs> you can imagine that happening as I well, can, can't yeah. you? You can, like, that's the thing. It's not that far out of the realm of possibility. Just like, oh, well, it takes a very strong, brave man to be able to shit themselves on purpose. Yeah. On stage in front of people and admit to it later. Yeah. It's like every time he has a debate and you'll always, like for the past four years, you'll see like the, the searing hot take of, is this a more presidential, te- like calm Donald Trump? It's like, no, that's just him reading from a fucking <laughs> script. So is this a more presidential Donald Trump? It's like, no, he's reading from a script and he's going to like throw a fucking screaming bitch fit on Twitter in three yeah. hours. Stop writing this headline. Oh. But like, yeah, I think we can edit there. Like, if anyone's listening to this and you're in America, fucking vote. Uh, if they have the chance to, still. Yeah, if you're able to. Yeah. If you state will let you, and if you're not going to vote, uh, I hope you just join me on election night of getting absolutely fucking hammered. Oh god. Because either way, the world's about the world's going to end next yeah, week. Yeah, probably. The the world changes next week, Lucas. For like. Better like, or worse. Don't worry, Carl. The kids won't need to starve over Christmas because the world will be gone already. Like, you know what, like Lucas, kids can't go hungry if there's no kids. <laughs> That's that they can't they go can. hungry, can they? Like, we are uh, how close are we to having like someone genuinely just like unironically do the Jonathan Jonathan Swift a modest proposal and propose that poor people just eat kids? <laughs> oh god. Like how close are we are we to that? Probably not far off at this point. Like what like what are the odds on that that being a genuine thing people suggest? Like maybe not eating their kids, but like doing something like sending their kids away. Because like we've had like conservative politicians in the UK like teeter on saying that when like the question asked is what do you say to families who can't afford to feed their kids of like don't have kids? Yeah, yeah. like we've had that before. So like, but what about thing. the people that lost their job because of a pandemic that already get have another kids job. and there's no jobs going? Yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. It's like, get another job. It's like the thing. Like, how close are we to like a politician legitimately saying, just live on TV or on Twitter, of just like, put your kids in care or something Yeah, just like put you, your kids up for adoption instead. It's fine. Like, cue someone sending me a screenshot of that tweet. 
Then it's already you, happened. Your kids won't starve in your house if you throw them out on the street. Yeah. Most the one is that's what happened in America. Like they got the they uncovered documents and like internal like um, talks with the mm. White House where they actively downplayed. Uh, well, their plans to downplay the pandemic was just to just delay testing because if you don't test, you don't get numbers. People can't say they've got coronavirus if they don't get tested for it. So you can argue that the numbers are lower than they well, are. Well, then you do what Donald that's Trump not how said it works. Like, oh, we have the highest numbers in the world because we're doing the most of our tests. It's a fuck off. <laughs> Lucas, I shit my pants on purpose. <laughs> we have really good numbers because we're the only ones testing people. So fuck off, Donald Trump. <laughs> shit my pants on purpose. <laughs> I'm laughing because just I'm just so fucking yeah. done. Just like it's been like six months of just unrelenting bad news. And everyone's so fucking stupid. I shit my pants on purpose. Fucking hell, that's how, that's how, fuck it, that's the end. That's it, that's how we do it.